0: Hey everyone, welcome back to Keep Pristine. It's Dar again here to bring out episode 7. I hope everyone is doing well. hard to believe it's already autumn with weather getting cooler and the leaves getting a lot nicer. However, the pandemic is still getting worse out there with rising numbers each day. I hope everyone out there is staying safe. So for today's episode, I'll be joined by Frank Guo, our Director of Communication. We'll be talking about one of our major initiatives, Showline Cleanups. While we didn't host any cleanups this year due to COVID, we have hosted many cleanups in the past. In today's episode, we'll be discussing some broader questions about waste and its impact on the marine environment. We'll also be discussing the roles and responsibilities we all have in addressing this issue together and whether it's a personal or a larger solution that involve the corporation and governments. But first things first, hey Frank, it's great to have you here.
1: Hey, thanks for inviting me to do this. I'm really excited. This is my first time doing a podcast.
0: Yeah, this is awesome. Can you tell the listeners what you've been up to
1: lately? Sure. So first off, I got involved with the Pristine Blue in the early days in 2018. So that's when you reached out to me and a couple other people to help you start this initiative. Um, I mean, I'm assuming that the majority of our followers already know about the life-changing experience you had with the Ocean Bridge Program on the West Coast earlier that year. Um, But for our listeners, prior to this, Da and I met through school because we held exact positions for our department student organization. And we both finished our undergrad in the same year. By working together, we got to know each other and hung out a lot. And at the time, you were looking for someone to help you get the message of all the things you learned across from attending all these environmental conferences, workshops, forums. And that's where I came in with the social media expertise. And it also helps that we had a lot of similar values. Like, we both have an inner drive to feel morally concerned about climate change and intrinsically motivated to preserve our environment. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm someone who gravitates towards using it on a consistent basis, so I'm very peculiar when it comes to helping out with our overall marketing. But um, as director of communications, I consider that a very loose title because everyone on the team, including myself, helps out in all sorts of ways. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, mainly for those who follow us closely. And they wonder who manages our online presence. That's me. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I share all the updates, podcast editing. That's all me. I guess I'm essentially the team's technical advisor. Uh, Outside of the pristine blue, what I've been up to on a personal level. I mean, with COVID, I've definitely been working on myself, placing huge emphasis on improving uh, some of my existing relationships,
0: a lot of Mm -hmm. personal
1: development. Last year, I experienced a lot of self-growth, so I moved out on my own. And that was fun being independent, but it was also extremely talented. I experienced a lot of uh, mental setbacks. For me, I've been out of school in the whole academic world for quite some time. Occasionally, I do miss the learning aspect from time to time, so I started reading books and um, watching videos on a lot of interests that, uh, a lot of things that have piqued my interest over the years, and that's not something that I was able to do in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, I did my degree in geography and city studies, so instead of going back to school, I decided to dive straight into the working world currently work in data for a commercial real estate company and i've held that position since May. so it's the first time i actually had a few time off so i took advantage of it um, that's good <laughs> yeah and like last year i went traveling i went on a solo trip to europe and i was really invested in going to rome in particular so that was something that really appealed to me learning about things like philosophy and stoicism were really appealing to me and i wanted to yeah, learn I remember more, that trip
0: uh, in your future <laughs>
1: Yeah, and I wanted to learn more about prominent figures, draw some inspiration from immersing myself in Rod. Um, mm-hmm. I guess just to like sum it up, COVID has definitely been very difficult, but I've also found a lot of silver linings. I have more time to focus on self-reflection and being introspective about what I want to do with my life. Yeah, um, and of course, like I know we all have tough days, but um, personally, for me, I do my best to balance that, making commitment to go outside at least once per day and doing other productive activities like taking up my hobbies biking and all that kind of stuff. So there's definitely been a lot of reshifting of values. So I guess that's where I'm at, being able to perceive myself from like a different lens and how to perceive others.
0: Thanks for the update, Frank. Um, It's really great to hear about things that you've been up to lately and you know what your interests and things that you're doing on a more day-to-day basis. I think that definitely speaks a lot about who you are and the work that you have been able to contribute to the team and amazing work you have been doing for us over the years. Let's continue with this podcast. The shoreline cleanups has been a really important part of the pristine blue initiative. It's actually one of the first things that we did as a team back in 2018. We hosted a shoreline cleanup at the Port Union waterfront back then. So the Great Canadian Shoreline Cleanup is a national conservation program that actually provides every Canadian the opportunity to take action in their own communities. This point of the program is so people can clean up their neighborhood one bit of a trash at a time. Usually, how this whole process happens is that whoever hosts the cleanups will create an event on the Great Canadian Shoreline Cleanup website. And through the process, they can share the event with other, the broader communities or their friends. And on the website, they're going to provide a lot of different information, such as who to contact, park staff, or paperwork that we need to write off, things to record, understanding how many pieces of garbage that we have that we need to pick up, and such. We've been hosting cleanups, like I mentioned, since 2018. We have many cleanups throughout many different parks throughout Toronto. Cleanups are a really fun event, but also really depressing because some of the things we found. You know, some exciting things we have found over the years are like baby diapers. We also found a yard rake. <laughs> we also find shopping carts. That's funny, yeah, it's like a, it's like a rake in middle right by the water.
1: So I'm taking a look at their website, and they have this interesting story map feature where they keep track of the weird and unusual things that volunteers have found: a vacuum cleaner, a Santa Claus outfit, a rubber chicken, a prison release form. An unopened ball of champagne, oh my goodness. I'm sure people have valid reasons for throwing their junk away, but I can't believe that there's such a huge
0: variety. Yeah, definitely. And we found crazy, crazy things all the time. But one common thread that we have found, the number one garbage that's found in cleanups throughout Canada are cigarette butts, which is crazy. Cigarette butts is such a toxic pollutant not just plastic, also because of the chemical within went in it, that it can really pollute and kill mm-hmm. different animals and harm drinking water for people as well.
1: I do remember back in elementary school, participating in cleanups on Earth Day, and I remember those were usually mandatory as a way for kids to learn the importance of community service at a young age. When I look at cleanups now as a young adult, especially through the lens of climate change, it does become increasingly viewed as this additional element where the public can get involved by recording information. Speaking purely from an observational standpoint, when I look at cleanups, you're essentially using this as an opportunity to record data, which is why tracking the amount of garbage in a quantifiable manner is so important to initiate discussions on environmental behaviors and patterns
0: over time. Mm -hmm, For sure. I think the numbers from the cleanups also speak to what we need to do. For example, like governments or corporations need to do in terms of the products that's being created, not just individuals, but we, we also look at these tobacco companies and products that they're using to make cigarette butts. Maybe it speaks to a broader question about having a more circular economy where the things that's been produced can be recycled and reused to create something better, as opposed to what we have right now where things are being created and usually disposed of.
1: Yeah, those are some really great points, Doc. I was following this discussion on Twitter by this eco-socialist. She talks about how in her last year of school, she found out that the staff mix the recycling in with the trash, which goes to show that individual choices to be more sustainable are literally defined and limited by the institutions, economic systems that we have in place.
0: Definitely, I think that's a really interesting thing that you you have caught. I think generally speaking, cleanups itself are not so much focused on just cleaning up. If we're just solely looking at cleanups as completely taking out all the trash in the environment, I don't think that's a practical way to look at it. Personally, I see cleanups as more of an educational tool, opportunity to educate and teach people more about what's out there in the environment. It's like a great way to have a conversation about either personal responsibilities or systematic change. It's also a great opportunity for people to talk about reduce, reuse, recycle, and, and different things as such.
1: Um, I mean, it's very important that we encourage individual behaviors,
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: you know, changing like littering behavior. So providing ways to be more aware of how you're mm-hmm. like making up after yourself. For example, if you drop something on the floor and like, mm-hmm. it, you know, that's you should pick up after yourself, like or Mm -hmm. you should bring your own trash bag or you should take advantage of like rallying people. If we're gonna talk about the benefits of like having these types of events. Mm -hmm. Um again, like you said, organized cleanups are a way for people to get involved and be more cognizant of climate change. Yep. I also think it's a very important way to change perceptions of how people see and interact with the environment at large. That like demographics for instance, who attends you know, people who they feel like they have a moral imperative to clean up their environment mm-hmm. um i guess you know, our perception of the extent of this overarching issue of being a good environmental steward is yep. what instills in us behavioral change mm-hmm. and i also think whenever i go to like, the beach or whatever i can walk along the water yep. um, it's definitely good for emotional health it is mm-hmm. i can experience like, a lot of positive mood chips notice like, a lot of meditative benefits Cleanups are a great way to reimagine recovery efforts. And like, I see that cleanups are also something that facilitates a lot of social networks. So, you know, mm-hmm, you learn like a lot of skills like cooperation, you know, yep. between people that you don't necessarily know. And mm-hmm. um, that's my perspective.
0: Mm-hmm. I think personally, like, I think that that's like a good way to put it. I think cleanups are important. Don't get me wrong. Cleanups are such an important part of, of our work because it's really important that there's people out there that's helping clean up the environment because. That's the state of the environment that we're living in, where we do really need people to help clean up the mess that's being left behind. But at the same time, I also really think about the educational piece where we can better educate people about littering, why people shouldn't litter, and why littering is causing problems to the environment, places we call home.
1: It's very important that we encourage individual behaviors. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, changing, like, littering behavior. So if you drop something on the floor and, like, Mm -hmm. you know, that's you should pick up after yourself or you bring your own trash bag or you take advantage of like rallying people, providing ways to be more aware of how you're picking up after yourself.
0: I think we really also need to address the issue of systematic change, really looking at a systematic change that can address these issues at the roots. Like I mentioned earlier, why is there so much emphasis on individual responsibility? Even though individual responsibility is important, I think it's also really important that we keep corporations accountable uh, for the products that they produce i mean
1: phrasing that how do we as individuals dismantle a systemic problem where i mean on an individual basis you feel like you're not contributing much i can see the logic in that so how do we how do we stop plastic waste generation at the
0: source i think it's definitely a really difficult question to have about how to stop plastic waste it's like core because plastic is a really important if it's a really important part of our lives, you know, lots of things we make are from plastic. Plastics are waterproof and durable, which is why it's often used in many different products. I think for us to really address the issue at its core, we really need to look at our economic system, how things are produced and how things are being disposed of. Maybe as opposed to looking at like it's like the way to address the at its core is to really to rethink the way our economy works. Mm -hmm. Maybe have something more circular where what's being produced goes right back to the factory as opposed to going to a landfill. That's really something that we should be thinking as the society, Mm -hmm. as opposed to like, you know, having single use plastic which being used once and disposed right afterward. I'm just thinking about
1: whether the whole point of a beach cleanup is so that you don't have to do it again. I think of first year environmental science courses
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and I mean, basics that they teach is Earth's natural resources are a public good. So, by extension, yep. they're limited. Yep. So, under certain conditions, you know, they're going to degrade. So, yep. like, to go back to my previous point where people have like, a moral philosophy, commit to environmental justice and inequality, um, mm-hmm. I think that's something that a lot of people aren't consciously mm-hmm. aware of. Um, there's this economic concept called the Prisoner's Dilemma. Like, I learned this before. Like, uh. no Climate change is an ethical issue. Yep. I think many individuals are unwilling to reduce their own consumption or I guess to vote for policies that redistribute mm-hmm. and restrain access.
0: I think that's totally true. I think a lot of times people don't really think on that regard. I think it's because of our how people are being educated. Uh, like I don't think either one of us are really taught these things through elementary, middle or high school about like the environment or anything as such. People don't really have this understanding of, you know, responsibilities um, to the environment, to Earth, to nature. We only see Earth as a place to extract resources and to like, consume, as opposed to really thinking about something a little bit more. Um, this goes back to one of our like, previous podcast episodes that look at the, the rights of nature. You know, I think sometimes we really need to rethink our relationship to nature, a really important step to really addressing saying can i add on these. to that sorry yeah, for, go for I it i mean
1: based on what you've talked about in the past that, that's a very important thing right now like when you go to like a water body or, or like you go to the beach look at like details how many people prefer to sit on sand over like, a chair you
0: mm-hmm. know
1: when you go to the beach it's basically a recreational space Tourists yep. What kind of quality are they expecting if you go because you want to go boating or um, you expect the beach to be a certain level of cleanliness mm-hmm. the way that People who don't live in specific recreational areas experience mm-hmm. it much more than levels. In Toronto, the beaches neighborhood, people who go there, people who live near the area are likely to be aware of what their, what their impact is. So, for example, oh, we're, where certain trash receptacles are. And I guess by turning these beach areas or coastlines into industry centers and what is the extent of that loss?
0: I think that's a big loss because beaches and many of the shorelines are really important habitats for animals you know so removing the beaches really destroy habitats and destroy animals population at the same time beaches are you know really important part of nature they really serve important uh, needs that for many many people might not know because uh, when we remove a particular um, natural like, something like, removing something like a beach from the environment, it really creates damage and impact that people might not expect afterward. Yeah,
1: I mean, we definitely need to consider, like, um, boil it down to, like, perception. When people go to the beach yeah, and you're like, taking in this, like, the beauty of the lake, the relationship between perception and behavior, the primary purpose of perception is to classify specific objects and places, importantly, to attach meaning and significance to them. Yep. So, beach scenery, like, the way that you know somebody who goes somebody who frequents the beach is more likely to perceive it in a positive way as to somebody who's not familiar with it right definitely a heightened sense of awareness and people attend shoreline cleanup events because it's something that it definitely impacts mm-hmm. the way that you in terms of like understanding how you're related to the environment at large you mm-hmm. you've told me in the past before that what is it you went to bc
0: um, yeah i went to like many different places in canada like had
1: Um, I appreciate how you express the humility of Mm -hmm. being connected to the environment and particularly with indigenous communities, too.
0: Mm -hmm. Definitely. There's definitely a lot of humility involved when you visit many of these places. Um, that's, That's beautiful and, you know, really brings out a feeling of how small you really are in the scale of the world. Yet at the same time, you also see the damage that we're causing to the world. So for me it, it humbles me but it also saddens me at the same time. You know, visiting these really remote and beautiful places. Yeah, I think that was a great conversation. Uh, just like talking about shoreline cleanups and really talking about some of the feelings and emotions and the complexity that's really involved in cleanups, but also beyond shoreline cleanups and thinking about, you know, our economy, the inter- interconnectedness with corporations, individual and so much more. So, you know, for the listeners out there, I hope this was a really engaging and interesting conversation for you guys. I feel like it's also a great opportunity for all of us to really reflect on our consumption habits. So just a great opportunity for us to to think and reflect on our own personal life. I really enjoyed this conversation with you, Frank, talking about shoreline cleanups, about the complexity involved in the economy, the interconnectedness with our corporations, individual, and so much more. Like all this just talking about cleanups. (laughs) With that, thanks for listening. Remember to stay in touch with us on social media. If you haven't already, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Let us know what you all think about this topic and what suggestions you have about topics you would like us to discuss in the future. We'll be sure to have more podcast content coming your way as we are available for listening on SoundCloud as well as our website. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Take care, everybody.
1: Bye. Bye.